It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down Hey folks, it's KP Burke. It's American Loser time. But you guys know that already because this is Patreon exclusive. All right. People have to pay to hear this shit. And uh, our guests are actually people that have paid to hear this shit. Dad. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a very supportive we're family. The Patreons in. Yeah. So real quick, Dad, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm good if you're good, man. All right. Kahuna's buying the ones and twos. Say what, hello. What's going on, man? Kahuna has somewhere to be at the Smod Castle. So we're going to try to contain this wild, chaotic human being's life into yeah. one Patreon episode. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> To uh, condense this life into into one Patreon episode. She's a good quote. She's a good quote for sure. Um, but you, a lot of you guys already know the topic. We gave it away for the Patreon, and uh, we don't have to do any announcements because you guys are Patreon. You know the deal, all right? For as little as three dollars a month. They're paying for this. I already know what's up. <laughs> yeah. So no commercials this week for me. We're gonna get right into it. We have uh, we have not one, not two, but three guests today. Okay, and. Um, I think uh, since everyone knows the topic, the topic is uh, Alice Roosevelt, of course, a big character within the Roosevelt family. Um, the Burke family, a lot of characters, um, and we brought three of them in here today. Larry Burke, you want to do the uh, the announcements? Well, we can uh, we can go. Well, actually, I have my two goddaughters here. Double so. goddaughter. <laughs> double, double, double the trouble. <laughs> double, double trouble. Uh, we got uh, Megan here, and we've got um, Jennifer here, and we also have uh, Mr. Liam here. So yes, we're, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Everybody's, uh, everybody's on board. Liam is Megan's uh, oldest, by the way. So, and uh, oh, I also multiply a lot. That's, <laughs> 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 but it's good. Everybody here has been a guest before too, and you guys all listen to the show. So I truly appreciate that. Which means we're going to bang through this one pretty quick. I think um, he'll release the hostages after the show. That's right. also true. That's, <laughs> that's how supportive this family is. Is that we're going to talk about a batshit crazy person with our batshit crazy people, and I think that fits uh, the motif here. Um, I'll tell you guys what, the people, the listeners already know the topic, so we're not going to give any, there's no big reveal this week or anything. When you're Patreon, you get to know shit ahead of time. So just off the top of your head before you guys, because you guys know a little bit something here. I'm not putting anybody in a weird spot. If I am, tell me. <laughs> but uh, You already put me in a weird spot. Why is that? When we started this thing, what, three years ago? What, the show? Yeah. <laughs> he thought he retired. Yeah, uh, bullied him into it. Uh, and by the way, you guys do know this is Larry's uh, last episode till his uh, Florida sojourn begins. And then he's going to become South Beach Larry. There you and go. And he'll come back to us. So he gets to say goodbye to the Patreon folks. What do you want to say to the people? Dad? Uh, about to have four weeks off? Hang in. Hang in there. We'll be back. He will be back. All right. We're going to do He'll come back back. looking like me. I shall return. (laughs) (laughs) It's not physically possible. (laughs) My Irish father, no. My Armenian mother, there's a chance. There's a chance. So, uh, but this week's topic is Alice Roosevelt. Did you guys know anything about her beforehand? No, because Lin-Manuel didn't do a play on her for me. And I actually (laughs) had to read a book, damn it. (laughs) Megan did do research, read a full on book to be prepared for this week. So the, uh, the criteria for guests has been heightened. Um, and I didn't. I I browsed. It was like 560 pages. Don't reveal the title of the book yet because okay. you sent it to me, and I thought it was very. Um, uh, well, first of all, it's funny. Um, I thought so too. 
<laughs> uh, Jen, did you know anything about it? Because Jen was the big surprise too, by the way. I had a feeling Liam was going to show up. I knew you were coming because we invited. I was a surprise of the surprise of myself. I'm like Googling her <laughs> like 24 hours in advance. No, She's I did a not know. Man. Oh, Larry Bird, what are you doing? Her. He's ruffling papers with his feet. Are you an ape? <laughs> oh my God. My, not even my papers. My chimp father getting back to his What is that? There you go. What is that? But I was very excited was because she's a fascinating lady. Oh, oh she's the greatest. Across the yeah. table, sorry. It's, um, so she stands out, because I, I thought it was going to be like, inter- so I saw a weird headline that we'll get into on it. Um, but it was one weird headline. I was like, all right, so that's kind of got to be like the crux of her story. But I bet there's a little bit before and a little bit after. And there's nothing but the hits. This chick is, she's out there. It's very fun. Um, I kind of wish she was alive right now to get her take on the current political, like the past, I would say, four or five presidents. What her interactions would be with all of them would be extremely amusing to me. Um, oh, she didn't hold back in what she <laughs> said. No, 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 no. She's all. almost a stand-up comic. She's also part like Paris Hilton. She's got a lot of personality traits going on today. I would say what draw me most to her, like her one of my, she had many quotes that I read. Oh, about. I know the one you're going to say. But I want to be her friend. <laughs> when she said, let me make sure I say it correctly. It's um, if you have nothing nice to say, please come sit next to me. <laughs> I was like my son. No, and I've heard that a lot, but I didn't know that originated from her. And I was right. like, damn. Yeah. She had it put on a uh, sewn onto a pillow, actually. Yeah, that so was that needle, like that was needlepoint. Needlepoint, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like that's uh, amazing. <laughs> oh, she's um, she's catty for sure. Um, Liam, did you know anything about her beforehand? I mean, minutely. I'm a big Teddy Roosevelt fan, so aren't her we all on the show? Here and there. I, mean, he's <laughs> I think we're the we're best all fans because the presidents who started the National <laughs> Parks Association, the Rough Riders. There's a lot of things you could say. Teddy's grateful. He's another guy whose life is like when you uh, he drank. I think it was what two gallons of coffee a day. They said. Yeah, he. He was wired so he was, sound. and he was like, "Oh, but I don't drink, right? I don't drink, guys. No alcohol over here. Everything's just great. We're doing great." But I gotta say, this story changed my take opinion on him a little bit as a parent. On Teddy? Yeah, I was yeah, like, I'm "Dude, the same. yeah, no, not good." You're talking the early on stuff. Yeah. Okay, and I, I tell you what, it's uh, also Megan is the one who got us the uh, Teddy Roosevelt, um, the official mascot of American Loser, who's back there right now. So we're gonna make a little sign up that says, "Don't fuck with this bear." <laughs> teddy bear right. is a teddy bear Roosevelt. of teddy roosevelt um but I, i'm excited here there's something i want to point out too but you said it earlier but no one acknowledged it i just want to acknowledge the greatness that was he was wired for sound oh yeah i love that line <laughs> so when you, when you mentioned how much coffee he drinks <laughs> you do that much caffeine in a day you're wired well teddy's life oh is pretty God. ridiculous but I'll, I'll say this um the bush twins uh sasha and Malia obama the trump kids hunter biden all but possibly the last one have nothing on one president's child, who's today's topic. Uh, when you read about her wildlife, you'll realize she's very difficult to figure out. I think that's fair to say. She doesn't fit into a box. No, no, Roosevelt, no, no. no Roosevelt seem to, by the way. Not any. You have uh, uh, Teddy, who's like this. Um, he's an old school Republican, but he's also like the most big government type guy possible. Then you have FDR, who they're just like, oh, he's going to borrow from communism to save capitalism. He's kind of a wild card dude. Uh, you have Eleanor, who we get into later. I'll throw to you for that one, Megs. I'm pretty yeah, excited, I was what you know. Surprised at a lot of that. And then, of course, you have. Uh, I mean, the, there's still Roosevelt's going on to this day here too. But um, 
Alice is full on maverick at times. Uh, she proves herself to be wildly unpredictable, constantly over the top, and she's undeniably American. Um, how do you stand out in a crowd? Right? How do you stand out in the Burke family here? Um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> if you if you want to be the eccentric one, and the answer is start a podcast with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> What's your benchmark on crazy? Well, that's tough to figure out in this family. It's uh, <laughs> he who squeaks the most squeaks the loudest. <laughs> it's uh, I think you said it one time too, Megan. Is that the reason that our side of the family works is because it's exclusively all all black sheep. So <laughs> that's why it makes more sense that way. Everybody kind of, the more normal you are, the, the more you don't fit in. Um, that's pretty true. But uh, this is the true and bizarre story of Alice Roosevelt, the oldest daughter of Teddy. Uh, anytime, I'll tell you what, Liam, anytime I say Teddy, do me a favor to say motherfucking into the microphone. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say drink. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> we won't be able to drive home. It's uh, Teddy. Motherfucking. Roosevelt. Okay. Thank you, sir. That's right, <laughs> I've never gotten a bit that amazing <laughs> because I've never had the opportunity to have uh, one of my little cousins curse in front of his mom before. It's <laughs> very, very, that's very fair point. Excessively and on cue. Oh, even better. I said to say when he was young, I said, Liam, don't say fuck. And he said, fuck, 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 and he fuck, fuck. <laughs> Do you remember that? Of course. It's a great Jane Town Bob it's, impression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, born in 1884 in a city that knows how to make uh, some memorable people, Manhattan, New York, for those who don't know, Alice is the first and only child of Teddy Roosevelt and his first wife, Alice Hathaway. So Alice's mother was a Boston banking heiress, and her father was just then a U.S. Uh, United States assemblyman. And he's on his way to becoming the most insane president in American history. But before that can happen, there's tragedy that strikes early on, okay? Almost like a Disney movie kind of a thing, right? Here, her life's – there's – you could make a couple of movies out of her life. Um, tragedy strikes, though, as just two days after the birth of Alice. So the story starts with her being born. Two days later, her own mother passes away. She had a – I think it was a kidney. She had a kidney, but did you also know Teddy's mom passed away 12 hours before? Yes. Right. His wife. Yeah. Right. And it's, uh, it is absolutely – when I think about the ringer that Teddy, young Teddy had to go through, I think it kind of, I'm not saying it forgives things that happen, but I am going to say that it makes some sense of it. Um, there's a couple of weird things here because the young Teddy Roosevelt, I'm sorry, the young Teddy. Motherfucking. Thank you. Um, <laughs> He's good. Uh, he didn't even have the button. There. It's good. <laughs> there's a couple of weird things that come from uh, the mother passing away so soon. Uh, number one, Teddy forbids the mention of his deceased wife in his presence. He even omits her from his first autobiography. He eventually does talk about her. I can say other. he referred to Alice as Baby Lee because mm -hmm. he didn't want to say the name. Yes. And forbid anybody to That's mention yeah. Alice as, as a name mm -hmm. in his presence. Uh, it, it, it hit Teddy pretty hard, but uh, there's some underlying issues there with Teddy that might make you wonder what, you know, why. You, you were just talking about his uh, parenting, parenting skills. Well, yeah, uh, he had a, he had a hard time. Here he is. He's a New York assemblyman, um, and he's only married a short time. She was nineteen when they married. He was twenty-two, um, and now a short time later, I guess three or four years later, she gives birth to their first child. He's up in Albany. She's in Manhattan, and. Um, Teddy gets a telegram to say that, you know, your wife's in labor. So he rushes home. Now, he thought that for sure she was going to give birth on Valentine's Day, which would have been their um, the fourth anniversary of their uh, engagement. Smart so, man. Engagement on Valentine's Day. That's right. You know? So you can, Now you don't got to get her anything. That's right. <laughs> and you don't forget. It's a double dip, right? It's a two for one sale on that one. Um, 
So anyhow, he rushes down from Albany back to Manhattan to be with her and, you know, holds her in his arms for like the last 12 hours of her life. She passes away on Valentine's Day. So the baby is now uh, two days old. Um, the wife passes away. Teddy's mother passes away within 12 hours of his wife passing away. So, I mean, he was just, he was rocked. He was absolutely rocked. How could you not be? Yeah. How could you not be? So, um, you know, he, uh, he kind of went off the rails on that one. So again, like you said, though, big important thing here is that they're not going to ever call Alice, Alice. So she's known as baby Lee early on. And she actually takes that into the rest of her life. She's referred to as Mrs. L or Miss L, depending, <laughs> which I thought was amusing. Um, now, Teddy does make a, a sad move here. Um, instead of uh, dealing with the grief or trying to handle you know, whatever he has to do on the home front. And keep in mind, the times are a little bit different, too. So um, a father doesn't really come into the equation with a young kid until much later on in their development at that time. So... Uh, you know, Teddy winds up saying, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going out to my ranch in North Dakota, and he's going to leave his baby daughter in the care of his sister, Anna, also known as, how do you guys want to pronounce this? Bammy or Bimey? And they just called her Bi. Bi. Yeah, that was, that was short Bi. Well, Bi. Bammy. <laughs> yeah. Auntie Bi. Um, but she was a character, um, and she also served as like a doting caretaker for young Alice. And the two wind up holding a very deep affection for one another throughout their entire lives. Um We'll call her bi, anti-bi here. Uh, it's short for uh, LGBTQ. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she was single and never married, and who knows? Yeah, and then Teddy uh, thought that she there. would never get yeah, married. That, well, that. She had and a, that was his older, she her older like sister. She was like a hunchback a little bit, I think, and they were like, uh, it's poor, sad. Coon, does that count as a uh, junk in the trunk? <laughs> 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 But. Baby got back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> Props. <laughs> well, uh, oh my God! Auntie Bi was a, a character here. Um, Alice actually later remarked that had Auntie Bi had been born a man, that she would have been president, and credited her with being the one that kept the family together, um, aka the Roosevelt's version of you know Megan. Easter's <laughs> 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 at my house. It's. Um, but uh, Auntie Bi was doing her damnedest to try to keep things together and wanted to provide like a pretty good home for, you know, uh, baby L while her father was continuing. Uh, I guess we're it's a, if you accept Teddy Roosevelt as like a Superman character, he's in the Fortress of Solitude right now, about to come out stronger and go do whatever he has to do in Metropolis. But, uh, you know, they're waiting here and Auntie Bi is doing everything she can for the kid. And um, Teddy will actually make his uh, he's going to marry his second wife. This is the wife. Can that's I most foreshadow famous. for a oh, second? Please. Eleanor Roosevelt, who was a Roosevelt by birth and by marriage, also lived and was taken care of by Auntie Bi. For no shit. Yeah, yeah, she was raised by Auntie yeah, Bi as well. So she and Alice <laughs> had a cousin, very close cousin relationship. Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt, it's <laughs> FDR's wife, yeah. uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's yeah. wife. And it was uh, the tie-in there. They were cousins, but the tie-in is Teddy Roosevelt's brother, Elliot was an alcoholic and his wife died early on. So Auntie uh, Bammy or Auntie Anna or Auntie Bai, whoever, Anna. whatever handle you want to give her, also raised uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, so TR's brother, Teddy Roosevelt's brother is Elliot and uh, his, TR's older sister, Bammy, Auntie Bammy, yep. right? 
also raised uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. So there's, you know, it's a close-knit family, and they're watching out for one another, but uh, it's also uh, – there's a lot. There's a lot of shit going on here. So when the Roosevelts talk about the different camps that their family were in, it's kind of like uh, Jen. Your dad always says, um, "What he it used to be Tenafly Burks." Right. He would say the Tenafly Burks are going to be there, or the Glenrock Burks, or now the Mawa Burks, exactly, yeah. or so the Burks changed. who are on time versus the Burks who are always late. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, but there's different camps within the Roosevelt family too. So there's there's always that weird thing where people assume that like FDR and TR like hung out and were friends or something like that, and uh, it really that, that's it was more of a name association kind of a thing. Yeah, they, um, that that part of it, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was really the Hyde Park. Roosevelt's versus the Oyster Bay folks. Oyster Bay or the Long Island Roosevelt. So it's you know same family but different branches. <laughs> I did a gig once at a, a place. I forget where it was. I should really find out. This guy uh, um, Don Michalowski booked it. It was a really beautiful old place, um, but apparently it used to be where FDR would take his mistresses. Um, yeah, when he was still a young man and uh, and and virile, I guess. But um, yeah, he used to bring mistresses out there but everybody kind of knew he was uh fdr was a very magnetic guy too uh tons of energy there must be something in the gene pool for it too because alice is obviously full of energy too and if uh auntie bammy or bye is going to be raising so many young kids that aren't even hers um a lot of energy in this family yeah so uh the second wife which is uh the more famous wife if you will of uh teddy roosevelt i'm sorry teddy Motherfucking. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I brought him today. Me too. I'm happy to see everybody, actually. Um, so uh, Teddy's going to marry his second wife, and she's going to father his other five children. So Teddy has six kids in total. Okay. The kids are named uh, Teddy the Third, a.k.a. Judgment Day. Um, <laughs> Kermit. Not that one, Kahuna. All right. The other one. Wow. Right, not a- Man, he's got a all- bad name. Yeah, Kermit's a rough one. There for a no, minute. We said Kermit. Some bad names. Yeah. Uh, Ethel. Not a great one, um, unless you're hanging out with Lucy, and then it's funny. Um, by the way, Ethel was known as, uh, her moniker was the Queen of Oyster Bay. So that's that's pretty good. Now, is that a comment on where she lives or perhaps some sort of an odor? I don't know. The oyster queen. It's that fishy smell. That's, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other people, uh, the other two kids Run rather boys. are named uh, Archie, Archie, which is a solid name, not a bad name. And then uh, Quentin. Okay, Quentin being probably the, the coolest modern name of uh, the bunch here. And side note, a lot of people don't know this about Quentin, but Quentin himself is a pretty remarkable uh, figure. He's as remarkable as he is tragic. Um, he was inspired by his brother's military service. All of his brothers served in the military. Most of the Roosevelt boys served in both World War One and World War Two. Quentin only served in World War One. Jen, you want to take a wild guess as to why he only served in World War One? Because he was the cool. I don't know. <laughs> he was actually. Um, he was so cool. He was. Um, they said he was reckless as hell. Um, and he was an automotive kind of like, you know, working on stuff in the driveway all the time. Go fast guy. Oh, yeah. And he got involved with um, he was one of America's first ace fighter pilots. He got involved with that. So he joined the uh, the army to then serve. That's World War One. That's a brand new thing. Planes are fighting each other. We didn't know they could do that. OK, yeah, but there now- is no Air Force. Yet. We're still trying <laughs> yeah, to it's the out. Army Air Corps at this point. But yeah, he's up there. He's fighting. He actually gets shot down a couple of times. And his commanders told him that uh, they warned him all the time. He was too reckless and too brave to the point where like everybody was like, all right, he was pretty much Tom Cruise in Top Gun. I think that's a fair comparison. Uh, <laughs> or then, he was his father's son. Well, that because, too. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt was uh, not too shy about jumping in and leading, leading no. from the front either <laughs> with the with the Rough Riders, with the whole Spanish-American War and uh, going out west. uh that that brief period of time after 
his wife dies, his mother dies, his baby girl, his firstborn is born. He kind of loses, goes off the rails, as we said earlier, and goes out west to, to hang out out there. Gets involved with a bar fight out there, and uh, you know he's uh, he's Teddy. He's Teddy. No, there's no doubt about it. And I kind of think too that Quentin got his um, love of uh, flying because Teddy Roosevelt was actually the first president to go up in an airplane. Yep, he wasn't piloting it, but um, at the same time, he was the first to uh, get off the ground in a, in a heavier than air aircraft when uh, the Wright brothers were first putting uh, airplanes in front of the uh, the army to see if there, anybody was interested in buying this newfangled contraption. Teddy wanted to uh, try it out, but it was just way too dangerous initially. Um, he had to wait a couple of years of more of development before Teddy uh, is no longer president at that time, but uh, he's up in, up in the air flying Can you, Yeah, we don't really know how secession works. You just took over for somebody else. Can you not take every risk known to man? Please stop <laughs> yeah. driving your Harley to work yeah, right, every day. Right. <laughs> um, you don't have to be the stunt man for everything. Well, Teddy's almost uh, invincible, as we're going to cover, too. But um, uh, Quinty, unfortunately, as he was known, actually does wind up getting gunned down. Uh, he's killed in combat in the skies of France. Um, he was buried by the Germans with full military honors, too, because they held re great respect. This is like this is Teddy Roosevelt's kid. And he's also pretty badass himself. Um, TR in his late years could be heard muttering Quinty under his breath when he thought nobody else was around. So he was just wounded by that for forever. So he's Captain America and then he sent his boys off to war. One of them didn't come back and it, it just beat him up pretty good. Um, Quinty's mother and TR's second wife, also not having a great name, Megs, um, Edith Kermit Caro. <laughs> Edith? Yeah, that sounds like a flavor of uh, some. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, she was very much far from a wicked stepmother, but it's very clear that Edith and young Alice, they don't quite get along. There's some well, stepmother drama. I have to drama. say, Edith is the reason Alice came back to live with them. She lived with her aunt till she was four. And then mm -hmm. when Teddy married Edith, Edith was like, come on, you got to get your daughter. Like, yeah. this is your kid. What's yeah. wrong with you? It's your, you are the stepmom, but you still got to yeah. right, You still gotta have your daughter. Yeah. Teddy didn't really communicate with uh, young Alice at all. Yeah, like once or twice a year he saw her. Uh, he, and yeah. he, he would, would never write letters call her. Uh, to Bammy about her, though. There's yeah. a lot of written correspondence. But would never call her by name. He would never call young Alice, baby Alice, you know, because his wife's name was Alice, who died uh, pretty much in childbirth. But, uh, uh, you know, she, uh, she kind of resented that, you know, <laughs> dad. Call me by my name, you know. Don't give me. Don't well, constantly. The nickname call me by wasn't my great nickname. either. Do you yeah. guys know the nickname in the letters? This is a rough one. Uh, he called her Moosykins. I say Pina Mahone. <laughs> <laughs> he really we called her Moosykins. Moosykins is for real. And by the way, Megan, um, we have two listeners that will know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Pain in the ass in Irish. We used to call Maggie Princess Pina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Liam still does. No. As Alice's behavior is going to get, um, it's interesting too, because Edith apparently acknowledged Alice as one of Teddy's kids, okay, uh, and took care of Alice, but couldn't help but occasionally let Alice know, um, and some others know that uh, Alice's mother was very pretty, but also dumb and kind of useless. She made some points like out loud where it was like, uh, if I, if, uh, I think she even said it to Teddy one time too, that if, uh, if Alice's mother had 
still been alive that she would have bored Teddy to death because she just had not. She was just a pretty face, came from a lot of money. You know, you're going to marry into a Roosevelt family. It's got a lot of money. So it's kind of like a marriage of um, convenience and I guess prestige. So it wasn't really a, a love kind of situation here. And it's weird. Um, and of course, there's going to be a little bit of rebellion. There has to be a little bit of rebellion. Um, so Alice, her behavior, she's kind of acting out against Edith. It's I'm sure there's a lot of you're not my real mom kind of a thing. Um, as uh, the behavior gets more and more concerning, though, her stepmother made the evil stepmother archetype move. This is played out in all the movies here where it goes up. We're going we're gonna to send you to boarding school. You'll never see us, that kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but again, they're doing it out of a way, uh, a place of concern. So when Teddy and Edith present this idea to a young Alice of her going to a very conservative boarding school, do you guys know what happened? She said, uh, you think you're going to send me away? Would you see what I do to you? <laughs> it was, um, yeah. She pretty much said, um, uh, wait till you see the shit I pull at this school. I'm going to embarrass you nonstop. I'm going to. There's ways of getting back at you. She was. There's passive aggressive and then there's aggressive aggressive. And then they were like, oh. Okay, you can stay. <laughs> yeah. If, what what I what I found too that I found very interesting is that um, Teddy's first wife dies. She's only twenty two years old. She's hot. There's no doubt about it. I mean, five foot six, blue eyes, long blonde hair. She was absolutely good looking. Uh, Teddy first meets her when he's off to college at Harvard. By the way, Teddy also graduates from Harvard Magno Cum Laude, so he was he was no slouch in the academic department either. But um, you can do a lot when you're not drinking in college. His second wife, he <laughs> <laughs> when you're not drinking, yeah. Um, but his second wife, Edith, um, he marries her only three years, I believe, after the first wife dies. But I, what I found out in uh, some of the research here is that. He he had a relationship with Edith before that they grew up together. She was the girl next door. She lived next door to the Roosevelt. Oh, oh, yeah, I did read that. Um, and as a matter of fact. Oh, and she wasn't allowed to go visit his brother or sister or something because he was afraid he'd run into her. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like Edith, Corinne, uh, Teddy and Elliot, they were all like uh, went to school together in the Roosevelt family home. So early on, they were homeschooled, and the girl next door, Edith, was part of the uh, the Roosevelt uh, school classroom, if you will. And Teddy now goes off, later goes off the car. They were kind of like teenage romance type of a thing with the girl next door. Teddy goes off to college, to Harvard. He meets this uh, another, you know, smoke show from apparently from what I'm uh, We taught him another word, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, he ends up marrying her. Edith attends the wedding of Teddy's first uh, first wife. Now, three years later, I guess they found some way of getting back together again. And he marries now Edith just three years later. I mean, that seems like a short amount of time to anybody thinking it. But if you were living on a ranch, drinking two gallons of coffee a day, shooting 4570 <laughs> right. at bison all day. That's right. Just trying to write a couple books. Yeah. Now, the passage of time there probably seemed very long. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, too. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a lifetime movie. Like, it does. It's that's lonely right. out there on the Dude, ranch. I watched that's right. That. It's a, a lifetime's a good, we got to figure out a working title for that. Kahuna will start a screenplay on this at some point. I know it's happening today. <laughs> um, now, Alice sounds like the kind of girl that's, uh, she's known some pain early on for sure. There's a lot of pain with that. Uh, she has shifting influences, both good and bad. Uh, she has a classic stepmother kind of problem, even though 
later on in life, she would talk about the class and dignity that her stepmother had and, and really wrote very highly of her. But I think you beef, um, like, I don't know if you guys know this. So me and the old man over here to my right, we get along pretty good now. We're, we're friends. We talk, you know. Yeah, I don't have to break down too many bedroom doors. Yeah, we haven't I, we haven't physically thrown punches at each other in a long time. <laughs> but it was never because I didn't like you. It was just... <laughs> just a difference of opinion. That's yeah, all. yeah. But uh, so I totally get that. And there's, uh, I mean, Meg, your kid's in the room right now, too. Um, That's you know, how it, life works. Works, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't everyone do that? Yes, I think so. Um, it's kind of chaotic here too because but I used to say, say I hate you, I'd say good, I'm doing my job. <laughs> I bet you there's something, Edith and probably Alice probably had a line or two exchanged between the two of them that was pretty great because they're both pretty funny too. If you go back throughout the, you know, um, their feud or their upbringing, if you will. And Alice, as we're going to get to, is, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I've been doing stand-up for 10 years. She's she's fucking funny. She's very funny. Things that she said about people were like... Yeah. She said something like the Hoover vacuum was funnier or better than Herbert Hoover or something like that. She was banned from the White House from more than one president. More, more than because, one administration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stuff she said. She's pretty, uh, pretty wild here now. Um, Don't you darken my doorstep. <laughs> I would have listened to her podcast for sure. <laughs> Oh, it's um, she's got an acid tongue, man. Uh, now, it's pretty interesting here, too, because uh, she's got, again, classic stepmother problem. She's looking for a little bit more attention from her father, who, by the way, is no longer an assemblyman. He's now governor of New York. OK, so uh, Teddy. Motherfucking. Roosevelt is now right. governor of New York. He's making things happen. Um, and this leads to a wild moment uh, in time that we've kind of covered on the show here. Uh, an anarchist named uh, Leon Sholgosh. He is uh, uh, an anarchist immigrant. Uh, I forget from where, but uh, we did a whole episode on him. You can check him out in the back catalog. He's about to pull the trigger in Buffalo, New York, uh, and fire a shot that will kill President William McKinley. McKinley was, of course, elected in 1900, curse of Tippecanoe, lose reception. Um, with the death of the United States president, the vice president will now accept the duties and title of president of the United States. And the new president's name is Teddy. Motherfucking. Roosevelt. There you go. So. And it was interesting, too, is that the uh, the politicos of the time moved him out of New York politics and gave put him on the ticket for McKinley's vice president, thinking, well, this guy's a pain in the ass. He's doing all the muckraking thing and the, uh, unions and... Uh, Pure food he was walking a beast tire else. with paperwork. <laughs> right, right. Out of the way. <laughs> Environmentalist, he's really screwing up the works here. We, you know, we're, it's a, it's hard for us uh, to be making money with uh, this guy worrying about the environment and everything else. That uh, let's let's move him out of New York politics and give him the vice presidency because that's like a nothing position. That's really just a a show position. And as it turns out, McKinley gets assassinated in uh, old Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt <laughs> is right now moved up to, to the president. Well, upon hearing that her father is now holding the highest office in the country, Jen, I'll just ask you, you find out Uncle Terry is now president of the United States. Initial gut response and, and, and think back to being when you were 19. You just found out your dad's president. Gut reaction. Opportunities are endless. Like, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, oh crap. I could do whatever the <laughs> fuck I want. Exactly. <laughs> is it the modern day or is it? Never mind getting out of class. Yeah. I mean, even today, the president's son does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, pretty much. Really <laughs> where, where do I start? That's the only person hitting rocks we should be talking about today. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, 
It's not a, a political show. It's a, <laughs> no, I know. not a political show. <laughs> Trust me, that's the least you can do. The um, now, upon hearing that her father is now holding the highest office in the land, Alice is reported to have responded. So you said the possibilities are endless. It could go negative. It could go positive. You're what are you nervous? All right. No, I just. It definitely is endless like, in a positive way. Like, okay. I can do anything I want. Positive to you. Yes. No, I'm sorry. That, that's <laughs> maybe, correct. Po- maybe not so father. positive to your father's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I would be nervous. Um, there'd be a little bit of excitement, too, because now you realize. So she's actually, it, it says so in the paper. And this is, this is a callback to probably the very, it's the second episode we ever did. But um, uh, Cousin Kelly was on the show. And we talked about um, the rapture, prepare for the rapture. Rapture is always used in a negative connotation, but uh, do you guys know what rapture actually means? It's a form of music. <laughs> I'm making fun of Kelly. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> our, our little sister love coming out there. <laughs> sorry, Kelly. I love you. No, she's the best. She thought it meant, uh, and I thought rapture just was a bad thing. She thought it was a form of music, but rapture actually means uh, intense joy. So uh, apparently Alice is through the roof about this. She's like, oh, Dad, it's almost like uh, that... Uh, uh, the Chris Farley sketch when he was playing um, my dad's mayor, you know, that. so she's very <laughs> excited right now. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you feel intense joy when you are a pretty 17 year old girl who the public is very quick to dub Princess Alice? Right? That's what the papers <laughs> were calling her, Princess Alice. And she's almost immediately turned into a fashion icon. You'd feel pretty good about knowing that you're now the center of the American universe. I read they had to hire a secretary for all the mail that she got. Yeah, and she got more fan mail than her father. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. And she's getting more fan mail sent to the uh, to the White House um, than uh, anybody else. You know, that, that had to she have was a, very pretty. Yeah, kind of like the Kim Kardashian. It's uh, she's got influencer written yeah. all over. I would say um, Hilton. Uh, I think there's a Paris Hilton connotation here too, because um, then you just see when they start putting um, their actual brain into motion, how much money that they can make and all the weird other side endeavors that she has. There's also some scandals and stuff like that that's going to happen over here. Um, she's got some great quotes. Uh, she's a she's pretty much a pretty young version of Teddy. OK, um, she's brash, outspoken, and she knows a good quote. Um, we already covered probably the best one about, uh, you know, having a seat over here. <laughs> um, but this one's pretty great. It's a quote about her father. Teddy wants to be the bride at every wedding, the corpse at every funeral, and the baby at every christening, which is accurate. <laughs> Pretty much. He wants to be the center of attention no matter what the situation is. Well, uh, she's a celebrity in her own right. Like we said, she's very pretty, highly fashionable, and quite the party gal. There's a Paris Hilton vibe going on for sure because she's an undeniable socialite who will attend thousands, not hundreds, thousands of events in the first 15 months of her father's presidency. Um, she also smoked in public, which was like a big no-no. That would be like, um, that would be like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what would be a perfect example here. That would be like- Lighting um, up a joint in front of everybody? There's something similar to that, or, or that, <laughs> or um, just, uh, you know, like uh, one of the Bush twins having a face tattoo would be uh, something that I would like, that would be somewhere like, oh, wow, I can't believe that's what the depravity of this to happen. <laughs> I read her father told her no smoking in the White House. So she went out on the roof and smoked. A yeah, yeah. I, I, read that. I read that her father, Teddy forbid her to smoke in the White House. So she climbs up onto the roof of the White House. Well, I'm not certainly in the White House. I'm on the roof of the White House. So it's okay to smoke out here. I feel like he, he couldn't have helped but like love that about her. Like, uh, ah, she's got my humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was um, 
Well, also, too, I mean, if you're smoking cigarettes on top of the White House, number one, there has to be a pretty good cigarette if you're on top of the, the center of the good entire... Good thing there's no paparazzi back then. Yes. Yeah. The pictures. And, uh, and then also, uh, you have to be very careful where you put your, uh, your, your butts with your cigarettes when you're done, because the White House has burned down before. 1812. Um, <laughs> Another episode. That's a, yeah. But you get, these guys know it. That was Patreon only, too. Um, so she smoked in public, which is a big no-no. That was actually... There, there was an ad campaign ran later on about uh, the... Uh, the forbidden pleasure or something like that of being able to uh, finally imbibe in a cigarette in public as a woman. Um, she also did some other wild stuff. She rode in cars with boys. Now, she's pretty. She dresses well. She comes from a good family. She's very fun to hang out with. But isn't there a little tiny part of you that if you were a boy taking out a girl and you're nervous about her father finding out, <laughs> and then her father literally has every head of every wild animal stuff like mounted on the wall, and he also has been shot before and just kind of flexed and the bullet popped out, and then he finished his. <laughs> oh God! He's uh, yeah. yeah. You can't really be screwing around with Teddy Roosevelt's daughter. <laughs> so. Yeah, the same Teddy Roosevelt that would hire uh, professional boxers to. Uh, to go a few rounds with them in the White oh, yeah. House. I mean, <laughs> have you heard of judo? <laughs> you're, you're not going to pull up in your car in front of the White House and beep the horn for Alice to come out. You're you got to go in and meet Dad. Oh crap! Meanwhile, he's cleaning his guns with all the stuffed animals around him. That uh, that's uh, an intimidating force to uh, go meet and greet, right? She used to stay out all night too, and then on top of that, this is my favorite weird one. She apparently had a bookie that she would place bets with. I read that that's also. <laughs> So just picture the president's daughter. Picture Paris Hilton. I keep bringing up the connotation to her because I feel like there's some it's similarities. The same kind of like power level almost. Oh, yeah. Or like public but women display. couldn't even vote totally. yet. Right. Like you were supposed to be seen and not heard. Right. So Pretty picture much. Paris Hilton walks in, uh, leather mini skirt, cigarette in her mouth, and just goes, let me bet the over on the Jets. I got to go. Dad's waiting. <laughs> like it's, Dad's in the car. <laughs> she's the same kind of hurricane that Teddy is. I would say that, that that's a, like a pretty fair way to say it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, stepmom Edith is back home in the, in the White House, and she's now the first lady. And she's very, very much supportive of, of Teddy. Uh, but she's a force to be reckoned with herself. And she's no, she's no lightweight in her own regard. Um, she organizes the various uh, cabinet uh, members' wives to have uh, certain standards of social grace and who who you were inviting to your parties and that kind of stuff. One of the first things she does is uh, Edith now hires her own uh, personal secretary to handle some of the White House affairs. And one of the first things she's going to do is is Alice's uh, uh, debut, if you will, her her coming out party. I don't know what the correct uh, cotillion cotillion, yeah, debutante, that, debutante <laughs> right? Uh, so. You know, stepmom Edith is trying to put on this whole um, uh, straight and narrow kind of an attitude or, or dignified attitude, if you will. Meanwhile, the, the, the stepdaughter is <laughs> doing a, a wild tear. So the reason I keep bringing up Paris Hilton is because uh, uh, I remember when they were in I was in high school and they were like everybody knew about them. There was like one E Hollywood true story that came out about them and just everybody in school. Girls wanted to be them and dress like them. Guys wanted to be like them and That's dress hot. like them. That's hot. <laughs> but um, as Paris has gotten older, you realize she's actually got a, a, quite a brain on her and she understands business extremely well, much like her father. Okay. So Alice, we could dismiss her as a ditz, but that's not fair because 
Apparently, she was also involved in some of the stuff going on over there at uh, the president's office here. But she's got some scandals beforehand. So, of course, when you're a pretty girl and you have a partying phase and you're famous, um, I mean, much like uh, Britney Spears under a buzz cut, um, <laughs> there's going to be some tabloid news. There's pressure that comes with that. I mean, when you're trying to avoid hair follicle drug tests, you'll do what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kills me is that she still looked good with the shaved head. Um <laughs> but tabloids are also infamous for being false or sensationalized. And uh, this one tabloid story, uh, by the way, my personal theory is that the death of journalism came out when the magazine era started because they didn't have to have credibility because a magazine could just end publication or fire a writer and move on. So you had to sell. And the that's where the headline started being more important than the story itself. So somebody wrote a story. It had surfaced that uh, Alice had stripped down to her lingerie and was dancing on tables at a drunken orgy in Rhode Island. Nice. Yeah, apparently. Um, Wish I could get an invite to that party. I, also, her underwear was like down to her ankles and up to her neck. For the time. <laughs> right. Down to her, you know, her right. wrist. So Women's so bathing suits oh, yes, showed their ankle. Yeah, and, oh, my God, how this This horse showed a kneecap over I, here. I have to describe what I just saw. You just saying that with a straight face, no crack, was the greatest thing I had ever seen. Yeah, so he means it. I know he means it. <laughs> Sounds like what kind of party? Sounds like a great party, but just, oh my God. Females uh, are new. taking their clothes off and dancing on the tabletop. <laughs> hey. He's like, I'm in. Jesus, Dad, we're going back to mom after this. <laughs> Can you please behave? Back in my younger days, my bachelor days, my. Uh, Theta new segment. Theta new segment. <laughs> okay, thank you. There yeah. you go. Um, but apparently the story is completely false here. The, the story was later proved false, but I guarantee you, I guarantee if this story happened right now, if Teddy Motherfucking Roosevelt was president right now and Alice Roosevelt was the first daughter and we're hearing stories about her at lingerie parties, the number one trending search on Google is absolutely Alice Roosevelt lingerie. Everybody's trying. TMZ's camped out looking for photos right now. <laughs> There's podcasts going on about it. Uh, Chris Rock's mentioning it at the Oscars. Um, Getting slapped. But then she's starting a Alice line and like, becoming get a millionaire. Your, get my like, dad's name out because your Because we all want her lingerie. <laughs> yeah. start, that's where the Paris Hilton thing comes in yeah. because Paris used all of that fame that she conjured up herself and the money she grew up with too to then create her own little empire. She's... Oddly cerebral. It's I wasn't prepared for her to be that much of a, a business success. Um, but Alice is a, a fascinating human being here because she will also often drop into uh, Teddy's Oval Office. I don't know if it was the Oval Office yet. I couldn't prove that. Um, I have to look up the timeline for it. But the president's office, we'll call it. She would pop in uninvited and almost like the Kool-Aid man. Just, oh, yeah, she's there. <laughs> and she's got some opinions on the day. She wants to talk about or something. Or, hey, Dad, you know the thing we were talking about earlier? And don't get me wrong. I do that to you still to this day. <laughs> All right, I'll call you up out of nowhere and be like, yeah, yeah, bud, still at pipe practice. Yeah. Like, oh, but I, hey, you ever hear anybody do a joke about a guy on a pogo stick with him? <laughs> yeah. Can I come down off the scaffold first before you start? <laughs> uh, but it's um, she'll pop in all the time and uh, she's pretty good. Like all the the Roosevelt's seem to be very good at uh, ignoring or missing social cues. So if there's like a sense of decorum, the Roosevelt's are typically smashing right through it. So in uh, there's one story about a very frustrated advisor uh, who mentions uh, to the president that uh, it was a uh, president Roosevelt. You have to. Is there something we can do about Alice's outburst? Because we, I can't even she's interrupted me three times. We haven't even finished talking about the policy at hand right now. And the rumored response is, do you know, him, Meg? As I can either be president or Alice's father. I can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
We're talking about Teddy Roosevelt, okay? The man who, you know, you know a bunch about him. He started the park system, uh, survived an assassination attempt, uh, hunted wild game all over the planet. First president up in an elevator, first president to use a radio transmission, uh, a, uh, a, a first Spanish president American to fly, Spanish American oh, yeah. war hero, mm -hmm. a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Uh, but yeah. she, Alice, had a hand in that. Did yeah. you read about that? Uh, Alice and. and, and uh, that he sent her to Asia. To, oh, that's coming. Yeah. yeah I, I will get, I will jump ahead. <laughs> no, no worries. It's um, it's pretty uh, fast. But I'm I'm so blown away by the idea that um, this guy, who's you know, we conjure up the whole uh, tough guy image of him, and we have fun with it. Um, and it's a lot of it's very true. But this total badass dude is just like his raging teenage daughter is just like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, guys. I have no idea what to do. I just, <laughs> I just put my hand in my head. I don't know what to do. You needed to read the book, How to Behave So Your Children Will Too. That's It does exist. <laughs> oh and I have God. read it. Uh, Kahuna, we're going to, I know what your Christmas gift is next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. But uh, yeah, so she uh, she's proven to be a handful, but she's also got some opinions. And a lot of times when she's chiming in, it's about policy. You know, so that's kind of an interesting thing here, too. So she's got a mind for it. She's growing up in the epicenter of the American you know, universe, if you will. And uh, whether it was the tabloid headlines, the office meeting interruptions or the true story, the true story of her being bored at the gallery at the Capitol one day. Um, did you know about this one, Jen? This is pretty good. It's it's a good story. She was apparently bored. So to amuse herself while she was walking around looking at paintings in the gallery at the Capitol building, um, she put a pin on a seat. And just waited for somebody to sit oh, down on it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. And some older distinguished gentleman then sat down. You know, here he is at the nation's capital in the gallery, you know, trying to have a, a moment of, uh, I guess, deep reflection looking at a painting. And he sits down and gets a pin shot up his ass. <laughs> it's kind of like putting an attack on the teacher's and desk. And she just man. like laughed and walked away. Yes. Right? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, she's got a little impractical jokers thing going on over here. Um but uh, she's proven herself to be quite the character. And this is early on in her life. So I don't even think she's 20 yet at this point. But uh, in 1905, she will accompany her father's friend uh, at the time, the current Secretary of War, and her father's future bitter rival, William Howard Taft, um, on a trip to Japan, Hawaii, China, and the Philippines. Uh, her the diplomatic tour. Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah. she's got a lot of senators and stuff like that going out there. It's, uh, it, it's a big to-do. It's uh, also... Um, this is, again, part of like America's uh, welcoming party. This is America's cotillion. We're, we're coming. We're like, hey, so we we just handled that thing with Spain. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed. You know, Remember we used to beat up England every couple of years? Yeah, we're still good. We're good like that. But we're kind of – we got bigger ideas. We're a player in the game now. Um, we're building up our Navy Navy thanks to Teddy Roosevelt uh, as secretary. Hang on. You, you want to try it? It's very fun. Huh? It's very fun. You want to try it? Say it again. Who, who's ordering the Great White Fleet? Teddy. Motherfucking. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, it's fun. I'm sorry, Liam. I, I just missed. I missed the cue. Yeah, I'm, that was my bad. But yeah, he orders the uh, the Great White Fleet to go you know, on the on the world tour to. Uh, um, maybe we ought to do a little trading with Japan. Well, he was hungry for the Pacific. He wanted more of the Caribbean. He wanted to kick Spain out to kind of like free America from European dependence. Because that was still any trace of it down there. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to be uh, any sort of a power in the world, you had to have it. The game was now colonies. Yes. So what can you have? What can we add to what we already have kind of a thing? So the Philippines, which, you know, that changes hands all the time. Uh, 
Cuba, which we've had our eye on since Jefferson. So there's we're, yeah. we're trying, you know, you have to you have to wait. You can't do it, though. We try to take it over as governments and you have to, as Liam knows, you have to do it with a fruit company instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, bananas have to be involved. That's right. Hey, uh, I got to have something from my cereal in the morning. So Also true. Yeah. What did you want to say about the Japan trip earlier? Oh, no, that he sent Alice over and um she schmoozed and impressed, and he ended up getting the Nobel Peace Prize mm -hmm. because of it. Well, he brokered the peace for the Russo-Japanese War. Yeah. Which, and yeah. Do you guys know that? Russia used to go to war sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> they were aggressive. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. Yeah. A little, little tricky uh, nonsense over there here. And second wife, Edith, also had some, uh, some influence on that, too, because she had some uh, um, British... Um, diplomatic ties, if you will, that there was some different correspondence going back and forth that he, you know, the Americans weren't supposed to have, but uh, Edith was able to wrangle that out of some of the Brits and uh, it, it enabled Teddy to uh, broker that whole peace accord between the, the Russians and the and the Japs, Japanese. This is like the height of, um, I would say, the uh, special relationship between uh, England and America too at the time where we're like they were kind of just considering them like our cousins because we realize how much we have in common kind of a thing so they're pretty cool that way um, did you hear about the other thing on the trip did either one of you guys know about this the, the little infamous swimming pool incident oh, that's how she yes. met her <laughs> wrangled got her husband <laughs> so if you all right it's uh, <laughs> uh, again we covered that she's a very pretty girl right she's very but she's also um, She's Teddy's daughter. So you got to be a little bit nervous. But but you want to say what happened on the, the trip? Do you know what happened with the swimming pool? I do. But, you know, putting myself in a male perspective, like you're on international waters, man. There's, there's logical <laughs> reasons why. Uh, you can't get me, dude. I'm in a swimming pool in the middle of the ocean. We don't like recognize your titles out here. <laughs> well, uh, what happens is Alice winds up jumping into the swimming pool on board the ship. And uh, I'll let you take it from here, Meg. Oh, like. She talks... Um, her husband, whose name escapes me. Different not, guy. Yeah, not then. Oh, to jump in with her. She gets a senator to jump into the pool with her. Now, she's fully clothed, mind you, okay? Um, and it's, uh, I think the swimming gear for the time was relatively similar for what it would cover. So it's, in her mind, it wasn't really all that scandalous. But to have, for her to be an unmarried woman and for her to have a senator then jump in the pool with her was like very scandalous. Um, and that, that particular senator was... Uh, um, Labeled as a you know a party guy too, and he was a, he was a playboy himself. So you know he wasn't uh, the straight and narrow guy either. So you know she's jumping in, and he's jumping in right after her. Yeah, Paris Hilton is the first daughter, and uh, Jeffrey Weiner is. Oh jeez, <laughs> be better looking than that. <laughs> Cast it better. That guy's gross. I hope. I hope you're right. Um, but the guy was not actually her husband that jumped in the pool with her, although oh, that guy was on the trip. So that's what makes. Oh, it even so then more she scary. came back, and then they got married. Yeah, he was another senator that was yeah. part of this whole diplomatic uh, excursion to the Far East. Well, as uh, the story goes to this incident of her jumping in the pool, it was such a big deal for people that uh, I don't know what the hell's in my eye, but um, Bobby Kennedy actually like chastised her one time when she was an older lady now. She was in her 80s, I think, at this point. And Kennedy was like giving her a hard time about it, saying, uh, oh, if that had happened today, it would still be scandalous, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even, you know, how could you do it was the most scandalous thing you could have done at the time. And uh, she said, well, uh, it only would have been scandalous if I didn't have any clothes on, Bobby. 
She's like, bitch, please. <laughs> yeah, she's got throughout her yeah, life. And she the Kennedy family has got no room. Yeah, for like, yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on. Scandalous item. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, you know, I was going to say, especially regarding swimming pools, Dad. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. thinking that too, but that didn't don't, happen. Yeah. Don't Google yeah. Mimi Alford, whatever you do, if you want to. <laughs> um, but uh, interestingly enough, she will meet, like you said, Meg, her uh, her future husband here. Is that a meet cute moment, Jen? Does that fit for like a, a TV movie or something like that? Where it's like, she was the president's daughter. She was in a pool with another senator. And I knew I had to have her. <laughs> Sounds more like reality TV then. Oh, that was a good trend. There's a Florabama Shore thing going on there. <laughs> um, but in 1905, like we said, is when this uh, trip goes down over here. And uh, not too long after, it's actually time for the young lady to get married. And she's going to marry that other senator that I mentioned earlier. His name is, um, I want to talk about a waspy name, uh, Nicholas Longworth. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that's a guy who calls people moosikins for sure. Um, <laughs> he's also part of that Japan trip as well. And Alice is still known to be wild and unpredictable. And Mr. Longworth is known around D.C. to be quite the playboy. Um, listen, somebody has to be Hillary, folks. You can't both be Bill in a marriage. Somebody's got to be <laughs> the one. Making, somebody's got to be the suit and tie button down one over here. All right. Um, but it, it's two wild party people going to get married here. Um, and uh, they're married in 1906 at what was considered the social event of the year. Married, I think, at the White House, right, Dad? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool because then later on in her life, she attends other weddings at the White House. So that has to be kind of cool. Um, but uh, the two are married in 1906. I'm not kidding. Uh, give you one guess, Jen. What color do you think Alice's dress was? I actually know this. <laughs> <laughs> it was blue. Yes. Um, Alice blue is actually a color that she wore so frequently. It actually it took on like a, yeah, an identified she, thing yeah. with her. Um, so not to be outdone just by wearing a blue wedding dress, which is pretty ballsy to begin with. Um, how I, <laughs> I've been to both of your weddings and they were both very fun. Um, at no point did either of you attempt to cut your wedding cake with a military sword, though. <laughs> No. That's that's no. what Alice did. Well, there wasn't one available. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was yeah. Had you been exposed to them your whole life, like Teddy Roosevelt, they're probably just hanging in the house. Also, he, true. he taught you how to use swords and guns at a very early age, I'm sure. Oh, you had to. Then, uh, yeah, but I bet you Teddy wasn't sitting there like you need to know how to use this sword because one day you're going to want to cut your wedding cake and you have to be able to do it. <laughs> you got yeah, to know how to do it properly. And if it's a social event of the year, the you know their wedding, uh, that cake has got to be pretty large. So I mean, just some little cake slicer right. is not going to do it. Yeah. So, hey, get right tool for the job. But I will say, I sold sisters with Alice. I did fire my bartender in the middle of my wedding to pour shots because he wasn't doing it fast enough. I went behind the bar in my wedding dress. <laughs> so. There you go. Uh, Larry Burke's goddaughters, folks. Um, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But uh, she's a character. Uh, their honeymoon's pretty big, too. Their honeymoon includes trips to visit with royalty over in Europe in places like England, uh, this new country called Germany, where they will visit with Kaiser Wilhelm. Uh, they visit a couple other places as well. They visit with some English dignitaries too from Parliament. They also visit um, who's kind of like the Thomas Jefferson um, of the day, if you will. He's like the true statesman, uh, William Jennings Bryan, who hilariously enough will run and lose um, against uh, McKinley. So like, and then Teddy infamously is the vice president for McKinley and then borrows and takes on a lot of the policies of William uh, Jennings Bryan. So it's like a guy who's like, hey man, I have all these great ideas. Uh, like he pretty much wrote Stairway to Heaven and then, uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, it's a, I really appreciate that song. And then he starts playing Stairway to Heaven and calls himself Led Zeppelin. And that's kind of how that one goes down. <laughs> but uh, they do visit with him over there. 
Um, and uh, Longworth's family is from Cincinnati, so they actually are uh, they're pretty powerful and well thought. Do you know what Alice right. called it? Cincinnati. Uh, in- Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. And uh, having no been there way. several times, Gashon went to you know law school in Ohio. I tend to agree with her. <laughs> so now they got Joe Shiesty, right? Sorry, Ohio people. He's lost some listeners. We have <laughs> listeners there. There's an improv in Ohio. Be cool. <laughs> Um, but again, I mean, she's just through the roof here and, uh, their marriage, it seems like it's going to be a success until what I'm going to refer to as the chill of 1912. Um, because TR is TR, um, he's a chaos machine dad. So, uh, he has the opportunity to run for a third term if he wants, because the first term he served in which he served almost the entirety of it, uh, he was, uh, put into office rather than elected right. because of so, mckinley's death or right. mckinley's assassination yeah, so yeah. what happens when uh roosevelt decides to step down instead of running for that that additional term to go what give me give me the uh um the liner notes of this uh i think um he was teddy initially was going to uh put up uh go with a uh, taft to promote taft but then uh they kind of had a falling out and uh not before he um because Taft was the handpicked successor. Right. Yeah. And then and then Taft started going against uh, Teddy's ideas or ideals, if you will. And he said, well, screw this. I'm going to start my own party. (laughs) 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 I'm going to go for a a, well, really, in in essence, a third term. And in reality, it's a second term because of the of the assassination kind of a thing. His his first term of office was a, a fill in for McKinley, but uh, he starts his own uh, he starts his own um, party. And he is uh, so wildly popular, but also widely feared. Um, Tr. So um, interestingly enough, though, so he decides he's going to step down. Like we said, hand picks this guy Taft to come in. Taft winds up governing against his wishes, so that starts this beef between the two of them. Now, the beef maybe could have been arguably started beforehand because, uh, Megan, I know you know this part of the story. <laughs> On their way out, as the Roosevelt family is being told, not being told, but as they're being moved out of the White House so that the Taft family can then move in, um, Alice shows that she's, well, she's batshit. Um, <laughs> and she pulls something that's never been pulled before uh, nor since. Um Go ahead. That we know of. She buries a voodoo doll of Taft's wife. <laughs> like in the front yard. Yep. No way. 100% true, buddy. That's it. Yep. Oh, so, I love this And because woman. of that, she was not invited into the White House during his- Why would she visit. tell? Oh, I think they found it. They found it. it up one day. Yeah. <laughs> they just dug it up and there was a note made by uh, made by Alice Roosevelt. With love. No, I, With think love. She, I think she freely admitted, yeah, I put that there. <laughs> and she got banned. Uh, Megan's right. She was banned from the White House by the Taft administration. For the first so, time. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah, that was the first, the first go around. Yeah, she's banned by Megan. Hey, I got to throw in here, though, before we, before we move uh, the Roosevelts out of uh, the White House, I got to go back to uh, Edith, you know, Teddy's second wife. She was a she was a hard charger herself, and um, when they Their first Thanksgiving dinners must have been unbearable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was uh, Edith was uh, you know a big uh, socialite in her own right, and you know doing everything that's fit and proper and all that nine and and fitting a president's wife type of a thing or the or the office of president, and she leads the charge for um, renovating the White House. Um, 
Now, if you're the it's kind of modernizing it, I think if you're right? the president of the United States and your wife wants to redo the house, <laughs> right? Uh, and who is the leading architectural firm of the day? Well, you're going to get the best. You're oh, going to no. hire the best. So lose reception here. Who do you uh, no. who do you think they hire uh, architecturally to uh, redesign and read read regenerate and renovate the uh, the White House? If it's if it's who I think it is, then I'm going to be the one that gets up and leaves. In the yeah, it is. It's uh, Edith hired McKim, Mead, and White, like Stanford. Stanford White. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Who's reception? Tune tune in on Stanford White. He's. Uh, you want me to walk out for you? Can't he's got a he's got a little background. Himself. Don't worry, man. I got you. If you haven't checked that episode out. It's the most terrifying episode. Coon is leaving on behalf of, <laughs> on behalf now, of all here. Liam, you might not know this, but there's a. <laughs> Uh, Stanford White, if you don't know about him, he is uh, probably the creepiest guy we've ever covered on the show. Okay. Um, architect who helped design parts of the Columbia uh, campus in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, Madison Square uh, Park, I believe. He actually has a, a statue up or two. Um, very influential guy in the city. And then when he died, they found out that he had um, pretty much a sex dungeon in his house and he was soliciting um, and, uh, and you know, procuring young girls. So, okay. Are you yeah. insinuating a White House sex dungeon? That's <laughs> Well, this guy well, was, was creepy. The, it was the velvet uh, sex swing uh, in the White House that really. Yeah, totally normal house. Then he has a house that's painted, <laughs> one room that's painted all red yeah. with a green ivy swing in the middle of it. You're just like, all right, so this guy's, this guy's got some silence of the lamp shit going on. It's a little not terrifying. Remembering this episode now that you're. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. We sat there and we're like, we're not. I don't think we're supposed to know this. Um, Wait a minute. What was his name again? Stanford White. Stanford White. Okay. Yeah. I should have said Christian Cordes right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he also designed 55 Central Park West, also known as Spook Central. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. No, I'm just making that one. Uh, that was, <laughs> dude, that's within the realm of possibility, man. Yeah, that's going. Uh, but so they hired uh, Stanford White as the uh, person to do the renovations. I don't want to cut you off if you had more. No, stuff. that was it. Just McKim, Mead, and White, the, 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 the architectural firm. Sons of bitches. Um, they, were, uh, they were large and in charge of uh, renovating the entire uh White House and, you know, the Congress approved uh, over a half a million dollars for the renovation, which was not chump change back in 1902. So Alice also had a government appointed secretary, which was pretty cool because, like you said, she was getting uh, more mail than her father. Um, I imagine that's what the original dick pics probably were like. <laughs> Like if if Alice Roosevelt and she were to open her DMs, what put that one off like? to the side. Oh yeah, that's her. Uh, yeah, the that's swiping your chance left to... or swiping right on that one. <laughs> put that in the left pile. Put that in the right pile. <laughs> oh my god! But now Taft is kind of pissing Teddy off, so Teddy says, "Well, I'm going to run as Republican then." And the Republican Party, of which he's a diehard member, and keep in mind, we always talk about on the show that uh, the the political parties shift all the time too. So this is like a, a strange progressive big government. Let's expand the powers of the executive branch era of the Republican Party. So they're pretty interesting because it goes a lot against what they used to be about and then will become back about. And it's always in flux. Um, so when we use these terms, we're applying them loosely. But he's trying to become uh, the nominee for the Republicans on their ticket. And they say, well, we're not going to go against the incumbent Taft. So no. Please don't don't come back. He's too much chaos for everybody. It's uh, it mimics a little bit of a thing right now. Where it's like, okay, do you want to stick with you know the status quo, or do you want to bring back Captain Chaos? There's some things to be worried about there. Um, so now he's unable to get the GOP nomination. So uh, what's a chaos machine to do? He starts his own party, which the official name is the uh, Progressive Party. That's actually what he calls it. Um, but the nickname is the Bull Moose Party because of his love of the outdoors and just uh, you know being chaotic uh and of course his daughter supports her father 
Of course she does, right? You have to. Her husband, however, supports his mentor, William Howard Taft. Now, any normal couple, and I, you know, any normal couple, and if there's if there's a married couple and they disagree about something, one thing I love about my parents, I never saw them fight in front of me ever. Okay, um, and uh, I don't think that would have been the same for uh, Alice and uh, Mr. Longworth. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because they couldn't even agree on who they were going to vote for or who they were even going to support. Now, any normal couple would just kind of keep those things quiet. But this show's called American Loser, folks. So you know it's going to get very weird very fast. Alice begins appearing with her father at his rallies. Makes sense. Um, then she begins showing up in Ohio, where her husband is a representative and is also from, as she is actively campaigning against <laughs> Taft, um, showing up with uh, her father's would-be uh, vice president nominee. And uh, on stage in his hometown. So you're in your husband's hometown going against the guy that he's publicly supporting. So that's a little bit of a rough one here. Um, again, her husband's also an elected official from there. Her husband actually loses his reelection by 105 votes. And Alice jokes, I was worth at least 100 of those votes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's pretty much like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, your job. Yeah, you could have had it. You could have had it, but you fucked up. Um, that's her version of uh, putting out um, all the fine china dead and then opening up a plate of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Inside baseball, but that was very yeah. satisfying yeah, for yeah, a couple yeah, of Grammys yeah. kids around the table. I got um, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this chilling of the marriage leads to open speculation that both of them are having affairs. Weird to see a political marriage not working out. Um, Alice's most obvious one being her long affair with uh, William Deborah. Um, it has been confirmed that Alice's daughter, Paulina, was actually fathered by uh, Deborah and not her husband, Mr. Long. Do you know what she joked she wanted to name the baby? This is the greatest, uh, the absolute most, this is how witty this girl is, man. Alice yeah, I is, love her. she's got to be an absolute pistol because later on in life when she's an older lady, then she's just kind of like a, um, uh, she's almost like, a, what was it, Lady uh, Olena or something, Cones from... Uh, that the lady uh, from Game of Thrones who's just a uh, piss and vinegar. Yeah, never. Oh, that she was played by. Uh, she's got Di some. Oh, shoot, some Dame Judi Dench stuff. But now she's she's a mom at this point, and she's still this clever and this nasty, capable of. This would be the most acetone thing that I think she's ever said. Um, roll with it. She wanted to name her Deborah Deborah. Yes. Wow. Wow. The full oh, name oh, too. Oh, oh. So that that's pretty much saying like uh, you know uh, letting everybody who would possibly know. By the way, uh, you know this isn't my husband's kid, and uh, he's not going to say anything about it because do you know who my dad is? Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, I think the full name that they were calling her was uh, uh, Paulina Aurora Deborah Alice. Deborah Alice, born bore by Alice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't name the kid after the guy you're cheating on with. All right. That's a little bit of a um, an overstep here, but it's also pretty funny. It was um, also her only child and she uh, gave birth to her, I think, at uh, yeah, 42 years old. So which for back then. Yeah. For back then like was grandmother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, so you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna go have another go at it. I don't <laughs> think that was uh, one and done at that point. Well, Paulina Longsworth is her legal name, of course, but uh, Alice is brutally funny, as we've covered, but that's not always well received. Um, Taft will lose his reelection bid because Teddy's bull moose party is going to split the Republican vote in half. Um, the election is won by Democrat and New Jersey governor uh, Woodrow Wilson. So Wilson will open the doors of the White House back open to Alice 
until she makes a crude joke at his expense during dinner. <laughs> Gets herself banned number two, folks. <laughs> Wilson Whitehouse is no longer accepting Alice Roosevelt to dinner parties. Um, it probably also didn't help that Alice was firmly against the U.S. joining the uh, League of Nations. She had a lot of uh, opinions and ideas. And Wilson was kind of wavering on that for a while, too, because Wilson helped start the League of Nations, but then wouldn't actually let the Americans join it. And they say that's why that failed. Um after World War II, they decided to do the same thing, essentially, under a different name. And the U.S. is involved now. And you guys know what that is, right? The United Nations. <laughs> um, but uh, it's an idea that fails, like we say. Um, jury is still out on whether or not that's a good thing here. Um, Alice gets into a new uh, a new form of business here around this time frame. She takes her uh, – she's got some good memoirs. She's got some good stories here. Her book comes out. It's called um, – uh, you motherfuckers, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm teasing. Um, Named after her father, Teddy <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Roosevelt. That's right. Her book is called um, Crowded Hours. It finally comes out and it's very, very well received. Uh, it is considered a must read about a girl with moxie in D.C. who's enjoying the nightlife and uh, giving you the behind the scenes info on the life of a fashionista socialite daughter of an American icon president. So... If that book came out today, I would read it. Absolutely. Now, what was the book you read? It's called Hissing Cousins. Hissing Cousins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I thought it said Kissing Cousins on there, and then I was like, this. <laughs> no. Well, Eleanor was a Roosevelt who married a Roosevelt, which mm -hmm. was like a distant cousin, but they were all in there, you know. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. There, there's also a little, there's a little blue blooding to that, too, where there's like a, oh, yeah. uh, it's, um. Not to make another Game of Thrones reference, but Megan put it in my head earlier. There's a little Targaryen nonsense going on with them cahoons, if you know what I mean. So <gasps> marrying a Roosevelt was like, oh, well, at least it's within the family. <laughs> oh so a little bit creepy on that one. But in the book, what did they kind of cover? Because It was Eleanor and Alice's relationship. And um, like my... they, they both were raised by their aunt. Aunt Bammy. And um, were really close. But Alice was really pretty and... Eleanor was not. <laughs> and yeah. her mother would pretty much say to her, like, uh, good thing you have a good personality because you're ugly. <laughs> and um, like one was Republican, one was Democrat. And it got to the point when Eleanor Roosevelt died, Alice didn't show up at the funeral. Whoa. Yeah. Um, like her final like F you yeah. to her. So to both be raised by the same woman. So. Megan and Jen, you're not sisters, just to, to cover this. You guys are cousins here. We all have the same grandma, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, there are wildly different personality traits amongst the uh, Tenafly, Glenrock, and uh, you know, Pakenak Burks. Um, but we all get along at the end of the day, which is uncommon, the more I'm finding out here. And the Roosevelts, they got a lot of beefs going on with that one. Was there any, any, uh, any particularly nasty parts of the book between the two of them that they just did not get along at all? Just differences of opinion, maybe some jealousy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. I mean, they both were pretty broken girls. Both had daddy issues. Yeah, you know, mothers that died or whatever. And actually, no, because Elliot was a drunk. Yeah, Elliot was an alcoholic, and is and I think Eleanor got sent away because the the mother was trying to like get his act together get his act together and then it then he ended up dying uh yeah i oh, i think i think she died i eleanor's mother died i believe but elliot was an alcoholic so the family was and he was he was kind of like 
outed of the family yeah, think kind of a thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's not coming up to the Roosevelt standards type of a thing. And that whole thing about marrying your you know cousins, uh, that was you know not so um, far fetched. Um, far fetched for the times, yeah, because. If your your money, if you're, you're part of the two percent, you know you're going to try to control that and keep that going forward. So there's going to be uh, tie-ins, and you know you're not going to you're only going to marry within your own um, class, if you will. Very similar <laughs> to what was going on over in Europe, which is I think one of the reasons why Alice was called Princess Alice because. Here is in America is trying to paint the same type of a royalty type of a thing, very similar to what happened years later with the Kennedy family. You know that that was uh, the the whole Camelot thing with the with the Kennedy uh, administration that we now have uh, royalty, if you will, uh, in the American uh, presidency. And Teddy wore his war medals a lot to places and. Uh, uh, dressed, uh, he was a he was a total icon. Like you can even watch like some of the the weird uh, videos of him from the past and just the way he carried himself and everything. He was definitely um, people respecting him. I'll say that when he was the uh, uh, speak softly and carry a big stick thing that was definitely in play here. And I think Alice kind of uh, rode the uh, I don't want to say rode the coattails because she was also her own pioneer. So I want to be respectful of that. Um, but she's very much her father's daughter in a lot of ways and she uh, remains a lifelong Republican and again we're applying loose terms for the time here but um, she's going to keep interesting friends throughout her remaining years too um, that sharp tongue only gets sharper uh, she's getting funnier as she goes too um, a couple of very interesting things she said over here she would waver in support of her own cousin FDR there was a couple of times I think at first she was against him running because she's just like oh, we don't care much for the um, what was that they were the Hyde Park ones right yeah the- yeah so she goes, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the Hyde Park yeah, Roosevelt. Alice would look down on the Hyde Park Roosevelt's that they were the you know Oyster Bay was the place to be, um, but she was against that. And then uh, one one of her quotes actually because uh, she wavered every now and then she kind of had to admit that somebody else was the better candidate. And uh, <laughs> I think the first time was going around she goes, "I'll be voting for Hoover." They asked, well, "But that's your cousin. Your cousin's running, you know, for the presidency, and he's evoking a lot of imagery of your own father." Um, she goes, yeah, I'm voting for Hoover. I'm a Republican. I'm voting for Hoover. Uh, and she goes, uh, and if it wasn't FDR, I'd still be voting for Hoover. Um, but uh, later on, I forget who it was that uh, was running against FDR, who serves like a crazy amount of time in office due to uh, just the, the number one, not having a policy in place to limit the terms. And then number two, um, it's wartime. We're coming out of a depression. People are just like, this, it seems like it's getting better. Let's just roll with this guy. Let's give him a little bit more time over here. Um, and at some point, I think Alice made the quote of saying she would actually vote for Hitler rather than vote for FDR again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Uh, yeah, that tweet's since been deleted. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's got a couple of uh, – that acid tongue's pretty great over here. Um she eventually actually said that she uh, she destroyed um, one of FDR's opponents, uh, the infamous uh, Mr. Dewey. And by the way, uh, I think it was Dewey. Um, uh, Deb, it wasn't Dewey that held out the newspaper that said. Uh, no, it was it was Truman holding up the headline that Dewey read defeats Dewey, Truman. Yeah, <laughs> Dewey runs a couple of times here, um, but uh, this is how vicious her tongue was. Um, Alice actually made a comparison to Mr. Dewey as. Uh, very scathing comparison, saying that he looked like um, the mustache on the bridegroom of a wedding cake. And uh, 
<laughs> nobody could take him seriously after that. It was like once once you just nail somebody, you're like, that's who you are now. You, it's like that's uh, the image that you're gonna. She be roasted painted. him that well. <laughs> she uh, ruined his. It animates him in a sense. Either. People couldn't yeah. look at him the same. Oh my god, I yeah. love it. Uh, no, she was pretty great. She was pretty great. It was um, she was able to take him. So in that one weird roast, she actually helped her cousin uh, retain the presidency. Um, her one line of roasts were epic. She used to have big fundraiser parties and stuff like that. Um, LP, am I jumping over anything too? Because we're about to get into um, Paulina's daughter. Uh, no, I think we're, we're we're pretty much covered. I mean, in, it's a fascinating life, so we can go on forever, but we do have to uh, land this thing. Eventually. Eventually. we got a little bit of time. Yet. And also, if you have anything else from the book or either of you guys, when you guys know something, jump in. You guys are all, you did research on this one. It's not like, I don't want to shit on them. <laughs> this is about where I stopped reading. <laughs> That's a- <laughs> <laughs> you skim read this far, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. I like- oh, shit. I did too. I thought you were going to have this. Um, all right. Part two coming out next week. Um all right. So sadly, Alice's daughter, um, Deborah, uh, I'm sorry, Paulina Aurora Deborah Alice. Aurora um, Deborah. Alice's daughter will sadly pass away due to a uh, sleeping pill overdose. And, oh, jeez. Uh, yes. So she takes uh, sleeping pills for the time and I guess passes away. And her husband had also passed away as well, maybe just before, just after. I can't remember. Just before. I think that's why just she's before. taking the sleeping Yeah, Alice is. Oh, uh, that makes sense. I'm like, there's cocaine and soda back then. So what is she taking? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have a bachelor party coming up, so I'm just going to go to the dentist's office real quick. <laughs> um, this leaves uh, Joanna, their daughter, orphaned. And Alice had actually uh, spoken with um, her daughter about what to do in case she did pass away ever, what would be the custody arrangement. Um, Alice still has to fight for and win custody of the young girl and will dote on her throughout her life. The two are extremely – so she was an older yeah, just, mom for the time. Just to clarify now, yes. it's, it's the grandmother, Alice – raising her daughter's daughter yes um and alice had been an older mom at 42 for the time and then um now she's uh, a grandmother to and really in a motherly role and they even said that she played like the role of father too that it was just it was her show um, but uh the two of them played off of each other pretty well here um again even though uh her father had passed away or depending on what you believe um TR or Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt had been frozen in carbonite until America's most dire hour. Um, (laughs) Alice is remaining a fixture on the political scene. And now she's got this uh, Joanna, who's her young little grandkid, who's a cute kid popping around all over the place. And Joanna actually grows up into a very pretty, very intellectual lady, too. So it's kind of like almost like Alice put her through like her own version of like a finishing school or something. (laughs) But uh the two of them are really great for one another, too, because uh, it helps keep Alice young and youthful in both her nature and appearance, which is she's still she's still throwing fastballs here, folks. Um, now, like we said, Alice's father, uh, T- uh, T.R., had passed away, um, but she's going to remain on the political scene here, whether it was her cousin, FDR, or um, FDR's wife, Eleanor, as Megan uh, kind of alluded to. Um, she's very much involved in things. She opposes uh, FDR running for office, like we said over here. She's actually... Be- she- becomes very good friends with um dwight eisenhower's vice president and uh when uh, do you guys know who the vice president is too by the way I, normally i would just humiliate kahuna here but i uh <laughs> in a share yeah, it's right. good <laughs> right when you got family you know, like, sure <laughs> you guys have one. no idea like you're making this better so much better for me <laughs> <laughs> um pretty famous guy Nixon. Nixon, Nixon yeah. loved her. The two of them got along wonderfully. I have a quote from him somewhere, but I have to really rustle papers. Go for it. Pull your right. chair back and just wrestle. I'll, I'll talk through it. <laughs> <laughs> Want to kick him under the table again? Or? 
So there's a couple of good ones. Um, they were so close, actually. This is Vice President Nixon. He wasn't president yet. Um, yes, yeah, the Eisenhower administration. Oh, I I, so Ike is in office and uh, Nixon is the vice president. And they had grown so close, actually, that when Paulina passed away, uh, Richard Nixon, future president of the United States, served as a pallbearer at her funeral. So that was how close they were. Please do me this honor kind of a thing. You all right? So I found it. That's <laughs> And I don't need reading glasses at my age. So. Wow. I know. Look at me. Um, Nixon <laughs> called Alice the most interesting conversationalist of the age and said no one, no matter how famous, could ever outshine her. She's fun at parties, folks. That's the uh, that's a good quote, too. Um, there's a couple other things in here, too. So she becomes very good friends with uh, Nixon. And then uh, when Nixon loses the first um, uh, his first attempt at the presidency post Eisenhower runs against a charming, charismatic man from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, they both appear on television together. You know this story, right? So I wasn't that far off <laughs> timeline. Good, Liam, you know the story. It's the first televised debate in American history. And yeah. You see, you know, a nice strapping young John Kennedy on TV and he can articulate the way he can. Mm. And he's a war hero. And yeah, Nixon has now got uh, under the TV lights and stuff is shown like flops. He's like Giuliani yes. with the dyed run down his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's um, but that was the power of the medium of the television was now, like Liam said, you got handsome, calm guy. And then we have a ha ha, <laughs> you know, Nixon looked like he was probably going to go full scanners if they let him. Um, but uh, it doesn't work out so good. And a lot of people think that's the end of it for Nixon. Guess who keeps Nixon in the game? Alice. Alice Roosevelt. She goes, no, you're not allowed to leave. You got to come back to my dinners. We're going to do some fundraisers. We're going to rehab your image a little bit. You got to run again in a couple of years. See what happens. And of course, Kennedy was elected in 1960. Um, you know about the curse of Tippecanoe, right? I believe so, but refresh me. Curse of Tippecanoe is, uh, we covered it on an episode here. Every president that's elected in a year that ends in zero dies in office. Mm. It's a very weird, or there's an assassination mm -hmm. attempt. Okay. So in 1960, John F. Kennedy is brought in. Yes. That's, yeah. So we all know how that one ends, right, folks? Um, yes, we do. The stress of the presidency, too. It takes uh, years off people's lives, um, inches off their height, stuff like that. I mean, they age crazy. Remember like how Obama entered office? He was like a young guy. He came out. He looks like Morgan Freeman. Right. Like, yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids uh, so, will do that to you, too, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but like all of the Burke cousins, they're all vampires. Okay. Yeah, they they all, are. Uh, that's I, true. <laughs> I've never been more certain I was adopted than when we take photos. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. so JFK gets killed. Um, LBJ is uh, it's kind of interesting here, too, by the way, um, to preface this. Um, I think LBJ was relatively OK with Alice, but it wasn't like a warm relationship or anything because uh, they knew that she was very good friends with Richard Nixon and she supported him against JFK. But once JFK won. Uh, Alice actually became very friendly with the Kennedy family. And I think she had a quote too, but she couldn't believe how, again, this is, she thought of herself as a through and through Republican, but the times are changing too. So there's that old saying of, uh, I didn't leave my party, my party left me. So now all of a sudden, all the things that she used to think the Republicans were all about, these, you know, Kennedy Democrats are talking about. And she goes, oh, hang on, this is kind of, and they're so charming, these handsome bastards. Um, but she's, you know, going to, uh, she ran afoul of RFK a couple of times. If you wanted to be friends with one of the Kennedys, um, first of all, we all know Ted's the most fun. Just don't let him drive home. Um, <laughs> That's right. Ted, yeah. JFK is great. Yeah. yeah. JFK is great. Just don't leave your girl around him. Um, and then Bobby <laughs> is this mythical kind of, Bobby's the greatest what if in American history. Is that fair to say? Dave? Yeah, I would think so. So he's in because there's people that think that he could have saved the country. There's other people that think he would have ruined it. Um but uh, RFK had 
we found this out too. For a guy who helped his brother navigate the Cuban Missile Crisis, the most intense 13 days in American history, uh, it's pretty remarkable that RFK had such thin skin that he used to kick Alice out of the White House because <laughs> she'd pick on him at dinners like, fuck this. First of all, and, and let's be the clear. The scarecrow looking. Yes. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Megan's mom routinely calls me a little shit to my face all the time. That's right. Now, if that I was bothered. Name. If I, I always was... thought that was your name. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost Tyrone. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if um, – if I had the thin skin of Bobby Kennedy, I would have been flipping out and be like, I'm not coming back to Aunt Sandy's house. And apparently that happened with Bobby all the time. That They'd go back and forth over these hot and cold periods where it's like, oh, they were talking now. Everything's cool. So uh, she could definitely get over uh, on him a little bit here. Another one that uh, – the quick wit and jabs that she had, man, it had to be – I wish we could get all of them written down because if she lived today in this weird age of social media where everything's documented, you could really get – I guarantee you she'd have like four or five books out. There'd be – she'd have a reality show, Real Housewives of DC or something like that. It would be uh, – can't miss television to be quite honest. But uh, when we talk about the political parties changing over time here too, it, another interesting thing for Alice is that um, although she held firm throughout her life that she was a Republican as her father had been, the party lines had blurred enough that Alice actually publicly admitted to voting for Lyndon Bain Johnson because she thought Barry Goldwater, the Republican nominee at the time, was just too mean. <laughs> Goldwater, by the way, infamously, infamously, he was one of the first libertarian candidates to come around, but he was too libertarian for his own good because he goes, oh, I don't support civil rights because I think it should be a private business decision. I'm like, can, 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 okay. can black people please just get pancakes? <laughs> All right. Can we just let him do that? But uh, so she referred to him as just too mean. And by the way, Barry Goldwater is really uh, – he kind of disappears after that one. Um, the keynote speaker at his uh, Republican National Convention confirmation, the keynote speaker was Ronald Reagan. And ah. he, it, Reagan became the darling of the party after a speech that he made there. So Goldwater was really just a seat filler for that one. Um, yeah, and at the time too, I mean, uh, the country was so divided over the Vietnam War situation too. You got LBJ, and then we've got Barry Goldwater, who's who's also running on, uh, you know, peace in Vietnam kind of a thing. So it was uh, it was weird times for sure. Well, uh, this blue wave doesn't last very long, though. She gets a, her strong friendship with uh, Nixon pops back into her uh, endorsing him publicly for his next run of the presidency and brings him out to all the fancy dinners and shit. Um, Nixon will win as the law and order candidate after running again, thanks to the encouragement from Alice. When Watergate occurred, OK, Watergate being the big scandal that broke more on that. We did a whole episode on Deep Throat. Um, the guy, not the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, when Watergate occurred and Nixon resigned in order to avoid impeachment and possible charges that were coming in his uh, exit speech, if you will, he quoted uh, Alice's father, Teddy. Motherfucking. Roosevelt. Uh, I think the quote was something about uh, you cannot appreciate the highest mountains until you've been in the lowest canyons or something like that. And I, I yeah. yeah. And so the quote was awesome. That's a great quote. And I believe Nixon was probably using it earnestly and the speech was probably written for him by somebody else. And, um, you know, he was busy trying to figure out which which rooms did I booby trap? I forgot. Yeah. Where did <laughs> I leave those 20 minutes worth of tape? Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it's pretty wild. But he in, in making that quote, apparently Alice was watching it on the television and stood up and started spitting at her TV and cursing like like just dropping f bomb this motherfucker what are you? because she knew that that quote was taken from oh, her right. father writing about run with it 
No, I was about her. Oh, the quote was taken from her father. Yeah, about uh, when he was talking about the mother passing away and then losing his own mother. So that's Alice's mother's death and her father's That he never spoke of. Yes. Right. And he's finally saying it and he writes this in this quote, this beautiful quote is about that. Um, And Nixon's like uh, using that to be like, yeah, so I I fucked up. All right. (laughs) He's he's comparing Watergate and that whole scandal um, to what Teddy went through with the loss of his wife and the loss of his mother on the same day. And, you know, let's face it, Teddy was scarred for life with that. Never speaking her name again. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty heavy duty. Time heals all wounds until until Teddy uh, gets wounded with that one. The um, it, it's there's a couple other uh, things that have so that sours the relationship. But then Nixon still always speaks highly of her, like the quote that you just pulled out too. Um, so Nixon still adored her, and she was no one could rival her. She was pretty great. Um, but uh, there's a couple other things that have to pop up here now too. And I, I wish that we could hear the um, string of profanities that Alice laced together for that. It'd be pretty best <laughs> best cursing stream you ever came up with. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jen, you've, I, you have I, floored me in phone conversations with some of the stuff you so said There's been so many. Yeah. Yes. I don't think I can do justice to Alice. That's <laughs> not going to try it. No. no. If you think I want to interrupt me. Okay. I usually just growl at my children. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm done. But I don't, I don't um, what was the, uh, there was a, a Bill the Butcher one from Gangs of New York that I loved. In fact, I'll scroll up because I wrote it down. Um, I don't give a tuppany fuck what your problem is, you shit it. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good line. Um, if I, because originally my plan was to reveal that quote and say that Alice said it and see if you guys could call me on my bullshit. Because um, <laughs> it's a fine line. Um, but uh, it's interesting here. Nixon's now gone. He leaves the White House. Alice is kind of like uh, flipping him the bird on his way out because of that shitty thing to take that quote and do that. Um, but she will remain cordial with Gerald Ford, uh, who now assumes the presidency in the unprecedented uh, resignation of the, the incumbent. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild right there. Uh, and in fact, I, I wasn't alive for this, but most of the country seemed to just be like, all right, we're going to this guy seems like he's all right. Let's just the, the asshole's gone. So we'll figure it out from here. Yeah. Again, the times, I mean, the Vietnam War, Nixon gets reelected on the promise that he's going to get us out of Vietnam. And, uh, you know, he's he's the law and order candidate. And then he pulls this bullshit about breaking into the Democratic uh, National Committee with the Watergate. Uh, uh, let me just be clear. Watergate does not bother me. Does your conscience bother you? <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell you the truth. There you go. Well, Ford dead in Ohio. That that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. But uh, uh, she remained, uh, um, you know, cordial with Ford. Like you said, the rest of the country did too. Like, oh, holy crap! At least let's we got Nixon out of there. Now what? I mean, the the, the country, I think, emotionally was definitely on a on a down tailspin kind of a thing that. This this shit's got to stop. I mean, where, where the hell is the country going? You know, that's uh, we're going to hell in a handbasket here. Our president is uh, in, nearly impeached. If he had not resigned, uh, he would have been. Um, so it's, it's it's not a it's not a happy uh, emotional uh, journey for the country as a whole. So let's give let's see what this uh, Gerald Ford guy is going to be able to do for us. So he handles business. Um gets out of office. They always said he was the most decent man to ever hold the office. Um, and there's almost no remarkable accomplishments of his. So that shows you what a, a good person. I just remember, and I, I was not that old when he was president, but I think he fell down the steps coming out of the airplane. Yeah. And he was just known for being clumsy. Yeah. And that's really all I remember about him. <laughs> it's um, 
uh, I there's so many times when I just realize I have to remind myself that uh, there's actually a great line in I think it's Scary Movie Four where the president is Leslie Nielsen and uh, they're facing a crisis. The aliens have invaded. Somebody goes, I just wonder what President Ford would do. And he looks up at a portrait and it's President Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have voted for Indy. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, she'll remain cordial with Ford throughout the rest of his term over here. And it's a pretty quiet one over there. But now we have a chance to bring in uh, peanut farmer, right? This guy's coming in. He's a good old Southern boy kind of a thing. I have a quote from him also. When you get oh, to there's it. a couple of good ones. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw to you for that in a second. So, and, and I'll end this episode. I want to hit the quote too. And then I want to end the episode on just some conjecture points. I want to get personal opinions from you guys if we can, because it's not often we get everybody in here all at once. Um, but, uh, she didn't care for Jimmy Carter. She uh, refused to meet with him. Yes. Yeah. She cited that he had a lack of social grace. And that's probably because he was a farmer and she's used to, even though she's cool and she's like a hip chick and, you know, smoking cigarettes and riding in cars with boys. She's also, um, <laughs> she's, she's coming from some money and she knows it. She's like, oh, we're not, you know, this guy's not, what do you mean? He never went to Cotillion. You know, what the hell are you talking about right now? What do you, you don't know what snuff is? What kind of bullshit is this? But, um, so she wouldn't meet with him. And, uh, Alice actually passes away in 1980. Um, she had had breast cancer and survived. I believe she had a mastectomy. Um, she had a double and she, I can't remember the quote, but she, something that she making fun of herself, like she could, was the only topless without in Washington or something like that. <laughs> she was uh, always a good quote. Um, she just passed away in 1980. Uh, Jimmy writes something quite beautiful about her because Jimmy is the last president, sitting president that she's um, alive for. Um, you want to hit us with that quote here? Because I uh, said, um, although she refused to meet with him while she was alive, he wrote, she had style, she had grace, she had a sense of humor that kept generations of political newcomers to Washington wondering which was worse, to be skewed by her wit or be ignored by her. <laughs> So what's worse? Get my get my ass beat in front of me by get my balls busted yeah. or uh, ignored. That's uh, <laughs> kind of how we feel about uh you know the, the the uncles in this family is if they're not busting your chops, yeah, maybe you're yeah you're not doing something right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, it, it's really a great quote too because that's kind of what her uh, she's really one of the first influencers I would say. So as and by the way, keep in mind, women did get the right to vote while she was alive and during her time. And so I'm sure if she decided to throw her weight behind a candidate with public endorsement, I guarantee you there were a lot of women that looked up to her and admired her and then would listen to her on that. So um, she's pretty wild. She left us some damn good quotes. That best one is, though, if you can't think of anything nice to say about someone, come sit here by me. That's about as good as it gets. Yeah, but and, to have that needle pointed on on the on the pillow oh, on the couch, yeah, you know, that's, uh, she put some time in on that throw one. Together real yeah. quick. That's, so I'm going to ask you guys. Uh, do you, first of all, anybody have any other info on the top before we move on? Because I'm going to ask questions now, not questions of you, but opinions. Um, number one, what should Kahuna do with his hair? <laughs> A little dabble, do you? I'm thinking uh, uh, braids for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, with, uh, well, first of all, Coons, did you know anything about Alice before this? I, I knew a little bit because I think we'd actually talked about her like briefly in the past. Like you had brought up, hey, I might do an episode on her. But I never really delved into the lunacy that is her story. But now <laughs> that I know. She buried a voodoo doll at the I, White House. <laughs> dude, that's probably my favorite thing. Because like it's just so mad because it just it fucks with the person who finds it because it's like. 
does she actually believe in it? Is she just That's doing it to mess with hurt? your head? Yeah. <laughs> Is that why my knee hurts? Like, and what was great about it? It was that wasn't something that a twelve or a thirteen year old did. She was a grown woman. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, don't, I, I admire her in a in a, in a really weird way. I just oh, how could that, you not? American original. Yeah, like she's just so unapologetically herself in an age where, especially for women. That's she not. had no fucks to give before it was fashionable. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Right? I picture her when she got older as kind of like, um, what's the name of the the old lady from the birthday cards that's always smoking a cigarette? Oh, that says the horrible, mm-hmm. whatever horrible thing you can think of. She's kind of perfect that way. Um, Jen, what'd you know about her before any of this? Nothing. 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 <laughs> she, but like, uh, I'll, I'll ask you this one. So the next president that comes into office is uh, Ronald Reagan, who is as good of a quote as just about any president we ever had because he can't. He come, he's an actor. He comes from the Hollywood. Um, you think they would have gotten along, or you think they would have? She would have sniffed something out on him, or vice versa. Was she getting band number three? Is what I'm asking. Definitely. You think? <laughs> yeah, yes, because she just never played by the rules, ever. I think she would get teach along with old dog new tricks. Yeah, that's, that's true. How it works. Ron would probably like her. I feel like her and Nancy might butt heads. Yeah. That's probably my take just on that. No. That's. <laughs> It was too just too no. strong. <laughs> just saying no, yeah. Uh, two strong-willed uh, females, that's for sure, with uh, Nancy Reagan and uh, Alice Roosevelt. So comparison here, too. Nancy Reagan was incredible about preserving the legacy of her father. Um, I'm sorry, if not her father, her, her husband. husband. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ethel was uh, TR's other daughter, and she's the one who was the queen of Oyster Bay, and she's really big on protecting and creating this huge legacy for Teddy Roosevelt. And I will say, I think like of the... Again, we're using terms loosely here, but like the three biggest Republican presidents of all time are probably, in terms of being well thought of and having airports named after him, um, I would say it's probably Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, and then Reagan. So I feel like she might have some kinship towards Reagan on that one. Meg, what do you think? I think he would have liked her. That's... <laughs> I do, like, see, he was like, this, I mean, he was president, but he was the Hollywood guy. Mm-hmm. So I think who would have better one liners at a dinner? That's what you wonder, because uh, what I like about Reagan, he used to hire comedians, too, that they were always like, All right, listen, I need I got to present this weird policy, but I need a zinger to land it on. <laughs> so that would have been Rickles. my one chance. Oh, that would it, I think Rickles was hired by him, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> Rickles. Uh, I forgot what I think it was uh, a correspondence dinner or something and proceeds to roast everybody in the room. Of course he does, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Hap, what was his name? What was his nickname? Mr. Warmth. M- Mr. Warmth. Warmth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, Alice was a pisser here. Um, she would have been fun at Burkfest. I'm trying to, say. to figure out why she's a loser. I love her. She's no not. One, That's no why it's a Patreon exclusive. You oh, got to get paid. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Forgotten in the annals of history. Because that, that's a thing that kind of annoys me about uh, this stuff is that um, when they talk about women in history, it's always women empowerment or something. Because I believe it's I believe it's Women's History Month right now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So the March. it comes right after. Uh, so you have Black History Month and Women's History Month. But when they do this stuff, it's always on like ESPN. I'll see it. And they're trying to promote like a new story. This is like, hey, finally, there's and I was like, nah, there's been there's been a lot of colorful characters since day one. You go all the way back to Betsy Ross on this one if you have to. But uh, Alice is definitely one of the most colorful characters in American history, I would say. Um, I didn't know much about her and I didn't know much about any of TR's kids. And all of them went on to do wild shit. So they're. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were all. uh and you, you said it earlier, all of the ER's uh, kids 
served in the military. I didn't realize it, but uh, Roosevelt Field, which was uh, an, an Army airfield, was not named after Teddy Roosevelt, but it was named after his son, uh, Quentin. That, uh, Quentin. Quentin. Quinty on uh, in World War One, but uh, yeah, I mean, they were all <laughs> the Roosevelt family. There's a lot of people that are large and in charge, and you know, um, it seems that there was two different personalities within the Roosevelt family. There was A personalities, you know, A type personalities, and capital A type personalities. They were all huge. <laughs> Uh, what do you think the coffee bill was at that house? <laughs> it had to be a thing. Yeah. Well, that's why he was trying so hard to settle the Caribbean. That's <laughs> needed to make the supply lines easier. There you go. I've heard of Costa Rica. They say it's made of coffee. We're yeah, going. That's when <laughs> Teddy decided, hey, we got to do something with that whole Panama yeah, thing exactly. too, right? Put the canal in. I got to get my coffee cheap. What do you think, though, Liam? Could you could you have gotten along with um, if Alice was your age and you you knew this girl? Could you have gotten along with her, or would she have been too much woman? I think it depends, you know, because you talk about uh, being scared of the father. Would I smoke cigarettes in public with her? Would I ride around in cars with her? I don't necessarily know if I would have no. the air of class to own a car at that era when they were still. <laughs> You know, so you have to understand that the he's a gentleman. Folks. The men who are willing to try, so to say, already kind of are backed by this air of like, all right, I clearly have enough money to own a car or be able to afford cigarettes. I'm not just like digging in the dirt looking for uh, that's know, potatoes. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, digging for them. But you, so you could probably. You think you could pull it off? It though, depends to the extent of uh, publicity you would of receive my boy. behind closed doors. It's yeah, maybe possible behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Anybody I'll pick got you up at the back the door of the White House? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I don't even know if there was secret. Yeah. No, Secret Service was established under Grant, so that's uh, that would have been around for that. Yeah. Um, Kahuna does have to get going in a couple of minutes here. Anybody got anything they want to say on the way out? Goodbye, Coon. Anything you want to say to my face? <laughs> Speak softly. Carry a big stick. Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to conclude uh, this episode here. I want to say thank you so much to the Patreon people. Honest to God, you're the only reason we're able to keep doing this show. Um, it's been three and a half years here. All right. Uh, Patreon, I think, is coming up on two years now, Dad. Um, so you're going down to South Beach. We're going to keep the show rolling. I got a couple of weird things we're going to do that he wouldn't let me do while he was around. Um, we're covering yeah. some weird Cats international... away to high school play. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but... Uh, we're going to have a good one. we got some stuff coming up, too. And we'll figure out what to do to get you on for uh, next uh, month's Patreon as well. So you will hear the dulcet tones of Lawrence Patrick. Um, but, uh, again, we cannot do this without you guys. So you understand that um, – I totally understand that your $3 or your $5 a month could go somewhere else. But we're very, very glad and appreciate that it's here. That's why we make sure we do everything on time. That's why we keep the banger topics for the end. That's why we also only bring on the good guests, okay, for these ones. So real quickly, thank you to uh, my cousins, Liam, okay, cousin Jen coming by, and cousin Megan coming through on this one. It was one. so much fun. Happy That's to a- be here. <laughs> yeah, so much thank fun. You. you guys are great. It's always a pleasure to have then you Then we all. get to see you. Yeah. Also true. And we can hang out at Bellworks now. We couldn't hang out in Red Bank, so this worked out better. Oh, yeah, this um, worked out way better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to uh, go check out the Bellworks over here. Thank you to Mike and Ming over to Shared Universe. You guys once again took great care of us. Thank you the kahuna behind the ones and twos folks it's coming out may 21st my album's coming out uh through 800 pound gorilla records escape from jacksonville everyone in here in the room was in the room the night when it happened so uh i truly appreciate you guys and uh i just love you guys all right thank you for coming i appreciate that (laughs) but that was alice roosevelt american loser
Hey folks, it's KP Burke. Actually, no, it's not. It's a big kahuna. But I was talking after the show with Cousin Megan and she had this fact that I was just like, we need to add this to the show. What was the, what did you uncover? At the time when the overwhelming majority of Americans were Christian and to defame Christianity as akin to making openly racist statements now, Alice was a self-described pagan who dismissed Christianity as sheer voodoo. Hence the voodoo doll. There you go. I fucking love that. <laughs> and that, folks, was American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born.